Let's open our Bibles to Exodus this morning, and we are in the middle of a study. This is actually our eighth week, and we are doing a study on the names of God. I I was uh, asked the question again, or or the question rose up in me. I wasn't nobody asked me that, but this week as I was studying, um, you know, it just it just rose up in me. Why why is it so important to study about the names of God? And I put a post on Facebook this morning about. Uh, you know, one of the kind of the question or the answer the Lord gave me is just that, you know, the more you get to know God, the better you get to know God and the, the more intimate you get to know him, the more you know his characteristics, the more you know what he is like and what you can expect of him, then then there's a closeness that comes. It, it draws you closer to him. And there's and it takes away those questions that that you have when, uh, you know, when you when it comes to problems and situations and and different things like that and and you and a, uh, something comes up in your life you know you don't have to worry about whether God is going to come through for you or not if you know who he is and if you know what his characteristics are and if you know uh, what his character is and what he's going to be like so so it's very important for us to get to know him uh, through his names because as we've learned uh, the the past seven weeks and today being the eighth week, uh, ninth week, really, because we did an introduction uh, to this. But the past nine weeks, we've looked at, you know, all kinds of different aspects of him. The first week, we just did the introduction, but but the first name we looked at was Elohim. And that was out of Genesis. And, and that was the, the creator, the all-powerful one. In the beginning, God. You know, and, and uh, that, that name God there was Elohim. And that's found throughout uh, you know, throughout Scripture. As a matter of fact, we'll see it today, even that word Elohim, the name Elohim, the Creator, the strong, mighty Creator, all-powerful. Uh, you know, that's even, it, it's, it's throughout the Scripture. So we saw that the first week. The second week, we looked at Yahweh. Um, and we looked at Yahweh, who is the relational God, the changeless one. Yahweh is the one who reveals who He is to you, uh, His ways. He, he reveals His ways to you. And And, of course, you remember that uh, Yahweh is the Hebrew name. Jehovah is the is the English translation, translating that out of Hebrew. So Jehovah and Yahweh, those names are are really interchangeable. And and you see that you see that characterized in the Bible when you see the capital L O R D, all in capital letters. Um, you know that's the name Yahweh or Jehovah, the relational one, the one that wants to reveal His ways to you. Then we saw we started seeing um, we started seeing how that God started introducing Himself or, or started revealing Himself to the children of Israel in different ways. And, and He started with Abraham. We started looking at Abraham. And, he, and we, saw, we saw how God revealed Himself that third week as Adonai, or Lord and Master, and how that when, God, when Abraham saw God as Lord and Master and, and, and yielded Himself completely to God, then we saw that's when God you know, unveiled another step and unveiled another thing. And that's actually where, uh, where God changed Abram's name to Abraham. And uh, from that point forward in Romans, it tells us from the time he was 99 years old, that's when, when Abram was 99 years old is when, when he got the revelation of Adonai and of Lord and Master. And from that point forward, it says that Abraham's faith was unshaken, unshakable, and, and that he was that he trusted in God. Why? Because he realized that God was Adonai. That God was, he, he was the one that, that, uh, that, you know, Abraham couldn't do it in his own power. As a matter of fact, later on, the very next name we saw was El Shaddai. 
And that was where uh, all-powerful, all-sufficient one, and the one mighty to nourish and to satisfy. And El Shaddai was the name there where, where Abraham realized, you know what, I can't do this in my sufficiency, but it's God's sufficiency. And, and from that point forward, Abraham believed God in, and, uh, in, a new, in a new strength, in a new ability, so to speak. Then we saw Jehovah Jireh, the provider, the one who sees. That's where Abram, Abraham went up to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. God told him to take Isaac up to the mountain and to sacrifice him. And we saw how that God spoke to him. And really, it was a picture uh, with, with Jehovah Jireh. It was a picture of, of what Jesus would do, really. And it was, a, it was a prophetic act that Abraham did, but it was a picture of what Jesus would do. But he revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides, the one who sees to it. Uh, he's been to our future. He knows what we need. He's already provided for everything that we'll ever face. Man, that, that's so incredible. Then the sixth week, we looked at Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, uh, makes the bitter water sweet. That was where they went to Mara, and the water was bitter. And, and God told him to throw that, that tree in the water. And the tree representing the cross, we talked about that, how, how when we look to the cross, that Jesus makes the bitter things sweet in our life. Amen. And, but God revealed Himself to the children of Israel as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. What, a, what an incredible uh, promise that is. And then last week we saw Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. He's the one that fights for us. He, he, his banner over us is love, the Bible says. His banner is undefeated. We talked about how you go in coliseums or stadiums and you see the banners of the championships that people have won, that teams have won and stuff. But God's banner over us... Is he is truly the only one that can say he is undefeated, never been defeated, never been, never lost a match. Amen. And uh, you know, so his banner over us is love. His banner over us is victory. His banner over us is is uh, you know undefeated. Amen. And when we look to him, that was the story of where Moses, uh, you know, went up and and Aaron and her held his arms up because as long as the the rod of God was held up. That Israel won. Joshua was on the battlefield against uh, uh, Amalek, and you know, as long as as long as Moses held that rod up, then I, uh, Joshua and the children of Israel were winning. And he held, and Aaron and Hur came and held the arms up of Moses, and they fought all day long. And Joshua and Israel ended up defeating uh, defeating Am, uh, Am, uh, Amalek, and you know, and, and that was a great victory. But it shows us that when we keep our eyes on Jesus, because His banner is always up, we never have to worry about Him taking His banner down or somebody defeating Him and replacing the banner or the flag over us. No, Jesus, Jesus has won that victory forever. Amen. And His banner over us will always, always be there and always, uh, you know, always going to be victory over our lives. Amen. So, so today we come to the next one, and, and I'm doing these in order because I think it's important that we see that, that all the way from the very beginning, from, from Genesis 1 all the way through, we're kind of doing them in order as we find them in the Word, and, and it, was like, it was like every step of the way, He reveals Himself in a new way. He, he, he un, unveils another characteristic so that they can get through the problems and, and the situations that they're having. So the, the one, what we're looking at today, as you can see on the screen there, if you can read that, is Jehovah M. Kadesh. Jehovah M. Kadesh. 
and people say that different ways. Some, but but I, I'm just saying that M Kadesh, and if that's wrong, then then praise the Lord, that's all right anyway. But uh, but but what that means, the M Kadesh means to sanctify. And here, the first time we see this is in Exodus chapter 30. So if you'll open up uh, Exodus chapter 31, excuse me. If you'll open up the uh, open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 31 and verse 13. Exodus 31, 13. Now this this was like right when uh, <clears throat> this was the the time when when God was revealing uh, to Moses. Moses was up on the mountain and God was speaking to him about uh, you know he was up he was up there forty days and he was he was God was revealing to him all kinds of different things the the plans for the tabernacle giving him the Ten Commandments doing all these different things. And we come to Exodus 31, verse 12, and it says this, and it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. The Amplified says, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you, set you apart for myself. So, so here is the first time, uh, one of the first times, actually. Actually, uh, the word sanctify is an interesting word. And this, this word is actually used in some form over 700 times in the Word of God. So, so this is not just a, a small thing. This is not just one of those you know, things that God just threw out there and, and it's not important, but, but for, for a word to be used 700 times, we know that it's, that it's a very important word and, and God wants to get something across to us here. So, you know, actually, uh, at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2, God, God told Adam and Eve that, uh, and actually, let me, let me just turn over there and show you this. And uh, let me see if I can find it. I can't remember exactly what verse it is. Uh, well, I'm not seeing it in Acts. Um, but God told God told them to sanctify. Maybe Genesis four. Uh, God told them to sanctify the the. Uh, oh no, it's, it's actually Genesis two verse three. So it says then God uh, in verse two it says on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day. From all of his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So, so all the way from Genesis chapter 2 we see that God sanctifies things. And, and he sanctifies days. He sanctifies buildings. He sanctifies uh, people. And, and we'll find that, that, that he says. And actually we saw that in Exodus 30, 31. It says that he that, that he is the Lord who sanctifies us. So, but what I want you to see is this. The word sanctified, what does the word sanctify mean? Let's look at that just for a moment. The word sanctify means this. It means to be separated to God. It's the process, sanctification is the process of God's grace and favor by which the believer is separated from sin and dedicated to God's righteousness. So, let me say that again. Sanctification. What is, what is the process of sanctification? It is when we are separated to God. Now notice, that's, it's, it's important because when you sanctify something, the word sanctified, I, I didn't give you that definition, the word sanctified 
just the word sanctify means this. When you sanctify something, it means to consecrate, to dedicate, to become holy, to make something holy. So, so when you, when you uh, sanctify something, you, you sanctify, uh, you set something apart, you consecrate it, you dedicate it. And sanctification, when we talk about sanctification, sanctification means that, that you are separated to God. You're, you're separated from the world and you're sanctified and separated to God. We'll see that in just a moment. The process of God's grace and favor by which the believer is separated from sin and dedicated to God's righteousness. Now, here's the thing about sanctification. Sanctification is not, uh, is not just a one-time process, okay, or a one-time event. Because as a matter of fact, you have been sanctified, okay? God tells us very clearly, and we'll see this, that God has sanctified us and, and what, where he's talking about, he has sanctified us in our spirit. Our spirit man, when we get born again, when we, when we receive Jesus as our personal Savior, um, the, the Bible says that, that old things passed away, behold, all things become new. Well, where did that happen? It didn't, we know it didn't happen in our flesh, but it happened in our spirit. Our spirit man is perfect. Amen. Our spirit man is perfect. Our spirit man never sins. The Bible says that our spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit. So our spirit, we are sanctified in our spirit. Our spirit, man, is set apart to God and for God. And, and our spirit, man, is always perfection. When God And see, here's the thing about God. When God sees us, He sees our spirit. He doesn't see our flesh. He sees the spirit man. Because, the, because what does the Bible say? God is a spirit, right? And, and us, we that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when God sees us, he sees our spirit man. Our spirit man is sealed, sanctified, and perfect. We will never sin in our spirit if you are born again. If you, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and he, has, he has come in and recreated the, the inner man, he, the Bible says that you have become a new creation. That happens in your spirit. Your spirit man is sanctified. But your soul and your body is still a work in process. I don't know about you, but I would have to probably raise my hand and say that that I need sanctified every once in a while. <laughs> Amen. I, I need to make sure that my body and my my spirit, my I mean my body and my soul, my emotions stay separated to God. Because how many of you know that we all say things, do things, have emotions, have feelings, different things like that 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 we know that that aren't right, that isn't right, and because of that, that the you know, like I said, we have been sanctified. But we are being sanctified right at this very moment. You know, as we make the right choices, as we, as we decide to do the right things, and, and I'm going to be laying this out and showing you this here in a minute, but as we make the right choices and do the right things, we have to realize that we are, we are becoming sanctified. And then there'll be a time when we get to heaven, when Jesus comes back and, and the, the rapture of the church happens, or we pass away and we, we go to heaven first, whichever one whichever one happens first. But there will be a time when you will be fully sanctified. Amen. You will be fully set apart with no sin, no, nothing, you know, nothing uh, separating you from God forever. So we are sanctified. God has sanctified us. We are being sanctified by our lives. We're living our lives out. 
And the choices that we make either either determines whether whether we're living holy or whether we're not living holy. Every choice that we make to live holy, we are becoming more and more sanctified. And then one day in eternity, one day when Jesus comes back and we see Him face to face, we will forever be sanctified. So sanctification is a process. It's something that's going on and that's, that, that we're working out uh, day by day. Now notice in uh, Leviticus, let's turn to Leviticus. And I want to show you another example of this. You know, Leviticus is a, is a book, I know it's probably some of y'all's favorite books uh, of the Bible, right? And Leviticus is, actually, Leviticus is probably one of those books that, that when you, when you uh, set out at the first of the year to, to read the Bible through, uh, many people drop out in Leviticus, you know, and, and, uh, or Numbers, the next book, you know. I mean, they drop out in, in those books because Leviticus is actually an interesting book because Leviticus is the book where God gave Moses the, the way, he, he explained the way that he wanted his people to live. And he said, now that you're, now that you've been, now that you've been saved, you've been delivered from Egypt, and now you're out on your own here, you're a nation, he said, now here is, here is how I want you to live. So Leviticus is a book about, about the, the way to live, the way God wanted them to live. It's a book about rules and regulations from the old covenant standpoint. And, you know, so, so, uh, so that is what Leviticus is all about. So then we come to Leviticus 20. And Leviticus 20 says this, Leviticus 20, verse 7. Now, this is an interesting thing, because notice what he said here, Leviticus 20, verse 7. He said, Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Now, notice the, the word Lord there is all capital, so that's Yahweh or Jehovah, and the word God there is Elohim. So he said, so God told the people, he said, consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy, for I am Jehovah Elohim. Now, isn't it interesting that he didn't just come out and say that I'm going to make you holy. He didn't come out and say, I'm going to consecrate you. He said, you have to consecrate yourself and you yourself, by your actions, you determine whether you're holy or not. Now, that, that's an interesting uh, verse. And then in verse 8, he goes on to say this. And you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Now notice that. Verse 7, he said, consecrate yourself. Set yourself apart. Make, do the right thing. Make the right choices. Be holy. Because he said, because I am holy. And then he said, he said and, do, and keep my statutes and do what I tell you to do. Because I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So God sanctifies us, but it's up to us to do it. Now that's, a, that's, that's kind of an interesting uh, concept. Now, turn back just one chapter, Leviticus 19. And I know this is kind of, this one's kind of a little teachy here, but, but this is good. This, man, if you get a hold of this, this, this when you understand Jehovah Imkadesh, this, this revelation of what God is teaching His people here will set you free. Those sins that you've had that's tripped you up for so long, man, I am telling you what, that you will be able to overcome them and you will be able to walk above them and not be tripped up by them when you understand who Jehovah Imkadesh is. When you, when you get the revelation that He is the Lord who sanctifies us, He empowers us, He, he has given us everything we need to be consecrated and to live a holy life. Man. That's awesome. In the Leviticus chapter 19, 
verse 2, he said this. Uh, verse 1 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, verse 2, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord God, the Lord your God, am holy. So notice that. He said, You shall be holy, for I, the, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So God, God told them as he was laying out his, as he was laying out his, uh, his instructions on, on sanctification and on living, he says, he told, he told the children of Israel, he says, he says, I want you to be holy because I am the Lord your God. He said, because I, the Lord your God, I am holy. So he said, since I am holy, I want you to be holy. Now here's the, here's the, the, the incredible thing about this is that in reality, God could have made us to make the right choices and right decisions. Every he, he could, in other words, He could have taken free will out of the emotion, out of the out of the equation. I mean, He could have said, "You know what? I know the people. I know the people aren't going to make the right choices all the time. So what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make a bunch of people that uh, you know that they, that they that they don't have a choice, and and they're just going to live a holy life, and everything's going to be fine." But that's not what God did. God, he, God is looking for a people. He always has and He always will to the end of time. He is looking for a people. He is looking for men and women who will say yes to Him and no to sin. And when He says that He sanctifies us, what He is saying is this. He's like, I, I am empowering you. I am giving you everything you need to be holy. I am holy, so therefore you be holy. I am sanctifying you, so therefore you consecrate yourself. You make the right choice. You, you do the right thing. And as you do that, then what is the result of sanctification? What is the result when we make the right choices, we do the right things? What is the result of that? The result of sanctification is holiness. He, he said here in, in Leviticus 19, he said, You be holy as I am holy. I want you to be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. God is a holy God. Listen, you, you think Isaiah had, Isaiah had the revelation of this revelation. And, and when Isaiah got the revelation that God was a holy God, from that point forward, every time he mentioned God, he called him the Holy One of Israel. God is holy. Think about what's happening in heaven right now. The seraphim that are, that are, that are, that are circling the throne, what are they crying out? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, in our time, in heaven, there's no time. But what are they, the, the, as they fly around the throne and they're, they're circling God, what are they crying out? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, you know, so, and then you think about what God gave us. When Jesus left, He said that He, was gonna, that he wasn't going to leave us as orphans, but that He was going to send another comforter. Well, what was that other comforter that He sent? It was God's Spirit, but what's God's Spirit called? The Holy Spirit. Everything about God is holy. Everything about God is holy. So when, so when he tells us here, when he tells us here, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy, he wants us to know that he, he expects us, and, he, and, and as we grow, and as we become more and more mature in the Lord, we become more holy. We become sanctified. We sanctify. Uh, he sanctifies us. We sanctify our own, our, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and, and, you know, by making the right choices and doing the right things. So now how does that, 
how does that relate? What, and and let, me, let me mention this. What does it mean to be holy? Sometimes we, you know, uh, we use that in a negative context sometimes because we say things like, oh, well, they just think they're holier than me or something like that. Well, but what does the word holy really mean? The word holy, actually one definition, one of the best definitions that, that I'd heard of it was this. To be holy is to be one, to be of the same mind of God. In other words, when you think like God thinks, when the things that bother God bother you, that's holiness. When, when the things that make God glad and make God uh, happy, when, when that, those things make you happy, that's holiness. Amen. I mean, that's good. Being of one mind with God. That's a good thing. Now, let's turn to the New Covenant, to the New Testament, the New Covenant, and let's see what, what the Word tells us about this, because, because this is important to understand. We have to understand that all throughout this series on the names of God, we've been looking at how we, how we relate this to ourselves. You know, when God revealed Himself as the Lord who sanctifies then, you know, that's great for the children of Israel, and that's great for them. But now, here in 2020, how does that, how does that, you know, uh, how do we, how do we take that and say, man, I can use that in my life? Well, let's look at some, and there's, like I said, there's 700 passages, 700 different references to the word holy, sanctified, set apart, consecrate. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of scriptures there that tells us that. And we've said this in every one of these names of God that we can, we can turn to the New Testament and we can see that Jesus is still what God revealed Himself to be in the Old Covenant. Jesus is that to us in the New Covenant. Now this verse here is an incredible verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. And it says this, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. People say, well, well, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, right here he told us what the will of God is. For you to be sanctified. Come on. For you to live a holy life. For you to do the right thing. Amen. The Amplified says this. The Amplified says, for this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated, and set apart for pure and holy Living. Amen. Now, read that again. Listen to that. For this is the will of God, that you should be consecrated, separated, and set apart for holy living. So, the will of God for your life, one of the, one of the biggest things that you can do, if you say, man, I, I just want to find the will of God for my life, then start living right. Start making the right choices. Start, start doing what God says to do. Stop doing what God says not to do. Amen. And when you, that's a great starting point. Because when you start right there, when you start doing what God tells you to do, and you sanctify yourself, you, you separate yourself from the world, you start doing the right thing. You start acting like God. You start talking like God. You start making choices and decisions like God would make them then I promise you, it won't be long until you start seeing the plan of God unfold right before your eyes. Why? Because He is Jehovah Imkadesh, the Lord who sanctifies you, who sets you apart, who, who uh, prepares you and equips you to live a holy life. Man, that is incredible. 1 Corinthians, look at this, this verse, 1 Corinthians. 
How does this relate to Jesus? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. So if, if God revealed Himself as the Lord who sanctifies to the children of Israel, then what about Jesus? How does Jesus, um, you know, how does that fit into Him? 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30 says this, But of Him... You are in Christ Jesus. So, so we're in Christ, and what does that benefit us? And what did Jesus do for us? Notice this. Who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Hallelujah. So here it says Jesus is our sanctification. He became our sanctification. What, now, what does that mean? That means when Jesus died on the cross... That he became, not only did he become our sin, not only did he, uh, you know, not only did he take our sin and our guilt and our shame and, and all those things, but he became our sanctification. He empowered us. When we are in Christ, we are now sanctified. And he has empowered us and enabled us to, to have every benefit, to have every tool, to walk out every promise that he ever has. Why? Because he, Jesus, is our sanctification. Hallelujah. Uh, look at the Amplified from that verse 30. The Amplified says this. The Amplified says, But it is from Him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation, previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God. And He is our, con our consecration, making us pure and holy. And He is our redemption, providing our ransom for eternity, for our eternal penalty for sin. So Jesus became our sanctification. He consecrated us. He sanctified us. In our spirit man, once again, let me just say this. In our spirit man, on the inside, we are forever sanctified. We are, we are holy. We are set apart. Hallelujah. And there'll never be a time when we, when we are not fit in our spirit man to be used of God. And we're, I'm getting ready to show you this scripture here. In, uh, let's turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Actually, before you turn there, let's go to John. Actually, let's, I want to look at the one scripture. John chapter 17. Because talking about Jesus, John 17 is the, is the powerful chapter of the prayer that Jesus prayed for, not only for himself, but prayed for us as well. And he's having this, he's praying for, he's praying to the Father, of course, and he's having this discussion with the Father. And then look here in, in John chapter 17, verse 15. John 17, verse 15. John 17, verse 15. He says this, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Now, look at the next two verses here, three verses. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, Jesus, as he was praying for his disciples... He prayed and he said, God, sanctify them. He was praying for you and I. We could put our name in there. He, we could pray it like this. Jesus could have prayed, 
Father, I pray that you sanctify Stephen by, his, by your truth. Your word is truth. So how do we become sanctified? We become sanctified when we get the word in us. When we obey the word. What did he tell, what did we see back in Exodus? He says, obey my statutes, keep my statutes, for I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Here, uh, Jesus prayed the same thing. He said, God, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And then he goes on to say this, as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And now look at verse number 19. This is incredible. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So Jesus said this. I mean, he made this incredible statement. He said, listen, he said, he said, God, he said, I pray that you sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And for their sake, I have sanctified myself. What did he mean by that? What he meant by that was this. He obeyed everything God told him to do. He said, for their sake, I've sanctified myself so that they can see how, how this process works. And just the same way that I have sanctified myself, they can be sanctified by your truth, by your word. That's an incredible prayer that Jesus prayed for us. Hallelujah. I mean, that is, that is awesome. So Jesus said, he said, God, sanctify them. How, do, how are we sanctified? By your word. And he says, I have sanctified myself. And we know the way he did that. We know what, the way he lived his life. How was that? I don't, any, I don't say anything that I don't hear the Father say. I don't do anything that I don't see the Father do. In other words, I listen and obey the Father 100% of the time. And because of that, I have sanctified myself. And because I have done that, then you know how to do that. Because the Word will sanctify you when you obey the Word and make the right choices. Amen. Man, that's a great place to that's a great place to shout. Amen. Second Timothy. Let's look at Second Timothy. I love this. I love this passage here in Timothy. Second uh, Timothy chapter two. And we'll just read uh, verses twenty and twenty one. Now, here, you know, uh, Paul was writing to Timothy and. And he was talking about approved and disapproved workers and, and, live, and really living the way to live their lives and everything. But in verse 20 and 21, it says this. Verse 20 and 21, it says, But in a great house there are, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter... He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Now, now notice that. He says in a great house, or we can say really in any house, probably, uh, probably uh, you know, all of us have, uh, you know, when Stacy and I got married, uh, one of the gifts that was given to us was China. You know, and, and I don't really, I don't think they do that as much now as they used to, but, but used to, everybody would get China on their, on their, uh, uh, wedding day. And, you know, and, and most of the time it was, it was, uh, what we call fine China, or it was China that was used for special occasions. You didn't just, you didn't just bring that China out and plop a sandwich on it, you know. It was like when special guests come over, or, or you were having a real special meal, you'd bring out the good dishes. You know, and, and other times they'd be, they'd be put in a china cabinet or, or put somewhere for safety. 
And, and, uh, and here he said this. He said, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, that would be the fine china, but there's also vessels of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Other translations will say this, that, that uh, it, it'll even go and say that, you know, some, some are used for honor, some are used for trash. In other words, everybody in our house, we have trash cans, don't we? Uh, you know, we've got a we've got a trash can that sits in our kitchen, and man, I mean that thing fills up pretty regular. And you have to empty the trash, or that trash starts stinking. And you know that's 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 not a vessel of honor. Trash is not honorable, right? But but you know what? That vessel serves a purpose. But but here he said this. He said there's he said in every house you have vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. You know when you come when when somebody comes into your house. The first thing you don't, you know, the first thing you do, the, you don't do this. I mean, you know, you, when somebody comes in that's never been to your house, you don't go and say, hey, let me show you my trash can. No, why? Because that's a, that's a vessel for dishonorable stuff, stuff that's going to be thrown away. And if you don't get it taken out in time, what happens? It starts stinking, right? Well, that's the same thing in our lives. And what, what, Paul, what Paul here is referring to is that, that, you know, there's things that are honorable and there's things that's, that are dishonorable. And the dishonorable things in our lives, if we don't get them taken care of, they will, they will start stinking. Amen. They'll start stinking. And, and, you know, and it's important for us to realize that, that, there's, that we have to make sure that we do the honorable thing and not the dishonorable. And then in verse 21, he says this, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself... Notice he didn't say, if anyone lets God cleanse him. But, but Paul said, if you cleanse yourself. That is, an, that, I mean, this is, you know, that's the incredible thing about God, that, that, that he leaves it up to us. He gives us a free will. We choose whether we make the right choice or the wrong choice. I'm sure, listen, I, I've, I've been there, I've done it. I've, I've made choices, and as soon as I made that choice, as soon as I, as soon as I met, went that direction, immediately I knew, man, I did the wrong thing. You know, I shouldn't have made that choice. And Paul said here, he said that you can cleanse yourself. God is expecting us. He wants us to grow up. He wants you and I to learn how to consecrate ourselves, to learn how to, how to live holy, to make the right choices, to stop letting to stop letting those little things keep tripping us up. No, he wants uh, he wants you and I to learn how to to say yes to him and no to to sin. So he says he says therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the latter from from the dishonorable things, then he will become a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Come on. Man, that is good. So, so he said that when we, when we make that choice to, to obey Him, when we choose His way instead of the world's way, then what happens? That we cleanse ourselves, we become sanctified. Now, we, I understand, I mean, we understand from a New Covenant perspective that the Bible, 1 John 1, 9, tells us that if we sin, if we miss the mark, then we, we turn to Him. We ask for forgiveness. We repent. What does repentance mean? Repentance means to think, to change the way you think. It means to, to if, you're, if you're going this way, thinking this is the right way, and all of a sudden you realize, uh, that's not the way I need to be going, 
If I repent, I'm going to change and start going a different direction. I'm going to start going the way God wants me to go, not the way the world wants me to go. Amen. So, so he says that, that when you make the right choice that, and, and you cleanse yourself, it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. Now remember, our spirit man, I want, I want to get this over to you because this is not a works, this has nothing to do with works whatsoever. Because in our spirit, our spirit man is perfect. Our spirit man does not sin. That, and that's, sometimes that's hard for people to, to grasp. But our spirit man, our, the spirit on the inside of us, where the Holy Spirit lives, our spirit man does not sin. It's our soul, it's our flesh that, that, that does those sinful deeds. So, so it's our flesh, it's our soul, it's the, it's the mind, will, and emotions that need to be sanctified. That's the part that we are walking out sanctification right now. When we get to heaven, praise God, when we live for Him in eternity, we, we'll never have to worry about that again because we'll be sanctified forever. Our spirit man is sanctified. Our flesh, our mind, will, and emotions, we are being sanctified. We are becoming sanctified. We are sanctifying ourselves, so to speak. By How, how do we do that? We do that by making the right choices. We do that by, by choosing God's way instead of the world's way. Amen. So, so here he says that when you, he says, but when you cleanse yourself, then you will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. Amen. One last scripture and we'll, we'll finish this up. Colossians chapter three. So pastor, how, how can, where do I start? You know, how do I, how do I do that? How do I, uh, if, if, if that is true and that's important and, and we need to we need to to make the right choices. We need to start, uh, you know, agreeing with God and disagreeing with the world, and 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 become more, uh, you know, God correct instead of politically correct, and and start doing things His way instead of the world's way. Where do we start? Well, let's look here in Colossians, because this is a great this is a great starting point. Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three. This is it's an incredible thought to me, but but God told us, He told the children of Israel in, in Exodus and in Leviticus, we read those scriptures, and we could we could have turned to many, many more. But He told them, He said, I want you, He said, I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. He says, But I want you to consecrate yourself. I want you to be holy like I'm holy. Here's the thing you have to realize God will never force you to be holy. God will never force you to sanctify yourself. God will never force you to, to, to make the right choice. Why? Because He is looking for a people. I said this earlier, but, but I just felt I needed to say it again. Because He is looking for a people that will sanctify themselves. That will make the right choice their own free will. That, that they have the option. I have the option to go over here and do this thing. But because I know that will displease God, because I know that that's not what God's best is for me, because I know that, that that'll, bring, that'll bring division between me and God, between my relationship, it'll hinder my relationship with Him, then I'm choosing this way. Because this is the way to be holy. This is the way to sanctify. And you know what? It's not like I'm missing out. When I make the right choices, I promise you, the benefits that God gives you is a whole lot more, a whole lot better than the benefits of the world. 
Amen. You'll, you'll never regret serving God. I promise you that. We regret a lot of things. We, we wake up in the morning and say, man, I wish I hadn't done that yesterday. But you know what? When you serve God, I promise you, I promise you, there'll never be a day where you say, man, I wish I hadn't served God yesterday. You know, that, that was the worst choice of my life. No, you'll always say, that was the best choice of my life when I served God. Amen. So how do we do this? Let's look at this last scripture here. Colossians chapter 3, and we'll just start reading in verse 1. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, and we all, if, you're, if you are born again, if, if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you've been raised with Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Seek those things which are from above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. The Amplified says this in verse 1. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing His resurrection from the dead... Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Let's just, we'll just read this from the Amplified. We'll just stay over here instead of reading it twice. Verse 2. Set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on things on the earth. So what is one of the first steps that we have to do to, to be sanctified, to live a holy life. We have to think like God thinks. We have to set our mind on things above, not on things of the world. Amen. For as, verse 3, For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. In other words, the things of this world, even though we're living here and and this is this is our reality. This is what we are, uh, what we what we face every day, and what we're in every day. What we touch, taste, smell, feel, hear. You know, it should not be as important to us. This natural stuff should not be important as important to us as heavenly things. What God thinks about something should be much more important than what anybody here on the earth thinks about something. Amen. Because he says, as far as this world is concerned, you're dead. Your new life is hidden in Christ. Verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in the splendor of His glory. Verse, uh, verse 5. Now listen to this. Now he's going to tell us, he's going to give us some things here that, that people get caught up in all the time. Okay, You and I were caught up in them at times. I mean, different things. And, and, you know, and still today, Christians still today get caught up in, in worldly things. There's many people, there's many, there's many people that will say, uh, that will say, you know, well, I'm a Christian and I, I believe God and I love God with all my heart. And, and they wouldn't think about cheating on their wives or, or doing drugs or, uh, stealing from somebody or, you know, uh, killing somebody that, I mean, they love God, but you know what? But they go home and then they treat their husband or their wife like trash. They, they use their words to hurt people. You know, that is just as wrong as killing somebody or, or doing drugs and, and doing those other things. Listen, you, you know, God doesn't put a degree on sin. One, he expects you and I to be 100% holy, 100% sanctified. He said, he is, God, he is the Lord God who sanctifies us, 
who empowers us, who gives us the tools and everything we need to live a holy life and to be, to be sanctified. Praise God. Now, do we walk in that 100%? No. <laughs> None of us do. Because we all miss the mark. We all mess up. Why? Because if, if, we, if we would learn to stay in our spirit and walk in the spirit 100% of the time, then you know what? We could, we could live a life that's sin-free. Because our spirit man doesn't sin. But the problem is, we get out of the spirit and get in the flesh. We let, we let our, our emotions and our thoughts and our feelings get in the way, and we say things, we, we do things, we, we react to things. And because of that, because of that, then we, we don't live a holy life, and we don't live a sanctified life. And so we have to learn, we have to learn, and this is what Paul is talking about here in Colossians 3. He said the first thing you've got to do, you've got to start thinking like God thinks. You've got to start seeing things from His, his perspective. So here in verse 5, he starts going into some things that are bad for us. And he says, so he said this, he said, So kill or deaden and deprive of power the evil desire lurking in your members. So in other words, he says, watch out for these fleshy things because they're not good for you. These things are things that will trip you up. These are things that will, that, will, that, will not, that will make you become a vessel of dishonor, not a vessel of honor. And here's what he says. He says, he says, so kill, deaden, deprive of power the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses and all, and all that is earthly in you and that is employed in sin. Sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, greed, covetousness, for that is idolatry, the, the, the defying of self and other created things in, instead of God. Because of these things, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And you know, and it's not that, for us in the New Covenant, it's not that, that God is up there getting ready to hit us with a, with a stick or something, because we, we understand that God loves us. Remember last week we saw His banner over us is love. Every time we look to God, every time that, 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 we, that we look to Him and, and say, God, what are you thinking about me? God's thinking good thoughts toward you. God loves you. His wrath was poured out on God. But, but even, even in that, and even though that we have the grace of God, and even though we have favor, when you sin, when you miss the mark, when you sow seeds of dishonor, guess what? You will reap a harvest of dishonor, of dishonorable things, if you don't make a correction in your life. Many times it's not God, most, well, it's never God doing something to you, bringing those bad things in your life. It's just that you're reaping the, the harvest from all the seeds you've sown. So come on, so Paul said, Paul said, kill those impulses. Don't, don't have anything to do with them. Listen, you have to start making the right choices. You have to start saying, I, I am listening to God. I'm doing what He says to do. I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm not, uh, doing what the world wants me to do. So verse 7, he says this. Verse 6, he says, he says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, he says, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. So, so he said, you know, all of us, all of us were in disobedience at one time in our lives. Because all of us lived, lived our life apart from God until, until we invited Him into our lives. But praise God. Look, look now at verse number 8, 8, 9, and 10. Verse 8 says this. 
But now, you yourselves are to put off all these things. See, here again, it's your choice. It's your choice. You choose to put these things off. These things have no power over you. Sin has no power over you. You choose to put these things off. You can choose today to walk in the things of God, to live in the thing, to, to live in the ways of God, to obey God. You choose to put them off or to put them on. Man, that is good. But now, you yourselves, put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your, out of your mouth. Do not lie one to another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And you have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him whom created you. Who, who created him. So listen, so he said this. He said, you can choose. You choose to put off anger. Oh, that just makes me so angry. I just, I just can't control myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You put off anger. You put off blasphemy. You put off that sin. You put off all that stuff. You, you can do it. Put off the old man and put on the new man. How do, how do we sanctify? How do we live holy? How do we, how do we become more sanctified? Well, we have to learn to think on things above. We think on those things above and we, we understand that it's our choice. God is wanting us to consecrate ourselves. Now, He helps us. We, we're not in this by ourselves. We're not in this. It's not like He throws us out there and says, Good luck. I hope you, I hope you, you know, I hope you can make it. No. He says, Listen, I am the one who sanctifies you. I will help you. I'll give you everything you need. All I'm asking you to do, what God is saying is, He says, all I'm asking you to do is make the choice to live a holy life. Choose God. Don't choose the world. Say yes to Him. Say no to the world. Remember, He is not going to force you to do this. Many people are, are probably waiting on God to, to, to make them live a holy life or something. You know, But that's not the way it works. God is waiting on you to make the right choice. He is waiting on you to take the step toward Him. What does James say? Draw near to Him, and He'll draw near to you. You, make, you, take, you take that half step toward Him, and He'll come running. Amen. And that's, that's, that's what it is. Now, let's ask this question. We've looked at this every week. So do I know, do I know Jesus that way? Do I know Him as Jehovah Mekadesh, Mkadesh. Do I know Him? Do I know the Lord who sanctifies me? Do I know the power that's living on the inside of me? His character and His ability in my life is so that I can live holy and so that I can live uh, a sanctified life. Jehovah Mkadesh is the Lord who sanctifies. And my prayer for you today is this, that you get a revelation of Jehovah Mkadesh. You get a revelation of the Lord who sanctifies you. And that that and you might say, Pastor, I've I've done some bad things and I've lived some some you know and made some bad choices and I've done this and that. Listen, you can start today. Everybody right here in this place, everybody watching on Facebook, wherever you are, whenever you see this, whenever you hear this, you can start today. How do I start, Pastor? You start today by making the right choice. By simply saying yes to Jesus. 
the first thing is you become you become a Christian. If you if you don't know Him as your personal Savior, then then you give your life over to Him. But once you once you know Him as your Savior, then there's a choice that you make every day. Every every decision you make, you choose. Do I choose Him or do I choose the world? Am I looking to Him? Remember, so much of this. Last week we talked about the Lord, the uh, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. And, and how we look to Him. We keep our eyes on the banner. We keep our eyes on Him. When we keep our eyes on Him, it takes our eyes off everything down here. When, we, when, when our thoughts are stayed on, on His thoughts, then you know what? It, it deadens the thoughts down here. So learn to make the right choice. Start today. Start and ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Help sanctify me, Lord. Thank You for sanctifying me. Thank You that I am sanctified. But Lord, thank You that You're helping me live a sanctified life. You're helping me live a holy life. Amen. Let me, let me pray for you, and then, and then we're going to finish up today. So Father, I pray over everyone that, that has heard this today, everyone, uh, Father, that's watching online or listening to a CD. <clears throat> Father, I just pray... Lord, my prayer is that they would get a revelation of Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. Father, may every one of us, may we live our lives in such a way, Father, by the choices we make, the decisions, the, how we respond to people, how we, how we live our lives, what, what we say, how we use our language. Father, may everything we do, may it, may it work and go toward our sanctification and, and toward being holy and not the other way. May we keep our thoughts and our minds on You. Father, I pray, my prayer is that, that every one of us, Lord, that we would consecrate ourselves. We would make the choices today, Lord, to do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. Because you are Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord our sanctifier. Thank you for that. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching on Facebook. Like it, share it, make some comments about it. What did you think about the sermon today? I'd love to, love to read those comments and see what you're thinking. And, uh, and if it blessed you, put it on there, and, and that will help other people maybe uh, encourage them to watch it. So we love you guys. God bless you. and.